quick update. My <laughs> blender broke recently. And That's annoying. It's probably from overuse and because it was ancient. And <laughs> so, we love an ancient kitchen <laughs> utensil. Can you just picture it like those ones that are off white colored with like orange? Oh buttons. my god, yes, <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> Not the orange buttons, dude. <laughs> yeah, so now that it is gone, rest in peace. Um, RIP. I want to replace it with something that's more convenient, not as bulky, and that's where the Blendjet 2 comes in. Hell yeah. The Blendjet 2 is portable, so you can blend up a smoothie at work, a protein shake at the gym, or even a margarita on the beach, mm-hmm. which is exactly how I plan to use it. <laughs> of it's course. small enough <laughs> to fit in a cup holder, but powerful enough to blast through tough ingredients like ice and frozen fruit with ease. The Blendjet 2 is whisper quiet, so you can make your morning smoothie without waking up the whole house, or in my case, my morning margarita. (laughs) (laughs) For 15 plus blends and recharges quickly via USB-C. Best of all, Blendjet 2 cleans itself. Just blend water with a drop of soap and you are good to go. Um, They have a ton of cool colors and patterns. Definitely need to add the Lisa Frank one to my cart ASAP because that just is such a cute, nostalgic blast from the past. Of course. Yep. So you can blend anytime, anywhere with the Blendjet 2 Portable Blender. And to get one for yourself, go to blendjet.com and use our code, which is ggs 12 and you'll get 12% off your order and free two-day shipping. Oh yeah. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Hello. It's been a rough week, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> We're a little distracted. We're a little distracted this week, but we have some nice, creepy content for you today. And before I, I forget, I'm Olivia. And I'm Amy. And, and this is... Girls, Girls. Okay. Okay. Um, Today we are talking about (laughs) creepy jacks. And by that, I mean the game. (laughs) It's a very odd theme. It's a bit of a stretch, Mm -hmm. but the name is in common. So it's fine. Go with it, everyone. Go with it. Um, So we are going to be talking about spring-heeled jack uh-huh. and eyeless jack Ooh. so should i just get into it yeah let's do it here we go team okay <laughs> spring-heeled jack and in case the way i'm saying that isn't clear spring is <laughs> in the season healed uh-huh. as in heel the part of your foot like uh-huh. hop in sp- yep. on springs uh-huh. um <laughs> It's just a weird name, so yeah. I just want to clarify. Oh, Jesus. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Our mascot just scared the shit out of me. Um, anyway, be a good kitty. Um, okay, so precedence for spring Jack, like the, the quick little synopsis. So okay. spring Jack is an entity in English folklore of the Victorian era. The first claimed sighting of Spring-Heeled Jack was 1837. So we're talking like a ways back Victorian OG creeper. Right. Um, Later sightings were reported all over the United Kingdom and especially prevalent in suburban London, the Midlands, and Scotland. So spread kind of all over the UK following 1837. There are many theories about the nature and identity of Spring-Heeled Jack, um, and it's considered he's considered to be an urban legend. Um, very pop became very popular in its time due to tales of his very bizarre physical appearance and ability to make extraordinary leaps. Hence his <laughs> goofy name uh-huh. um, to the point that he became the topic of several works of fiction. So if you're interested in reading a little novel about Jackie Boy. <laughs> You can do that. Um, There was actually a, like, you know how they used to release, like, I think um, Bronte and, like, Jane Austen, I think they used to release books this way, too, or Shakespeare, too, where it would be, like, issues, so it would be, like, Mm -hmm. episode one, kind of, in the paper or whatever, so you Mm -hmm. could buy it for a penny or whatever. So those were written 
it was written in that way. The novel's written about him. So people who claim to have seen him um, described him as having a terrifying and frightful experience. Ex- wow. <laughs> experience. Experience. Appearance mm-hmm. with, quote, <laughs> diabolical physiognomy. I've never heard wow. someone use that word before, but no. it's like your body. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, uh-huh. Clawed hands, eyes that resembled red balls of fire. And that's a quote. Mm -hmm. Um, One report claimed that beneath a black cloak, (laughs) this is kind of a funny image, he wore a helmet and a (laughs) tight-fitting, just wait, (laughs) and a tight-fitting white garment like an oil skin. (laughs) It sounds like hot. (laughs) An all-white bodysuit with a helmet and a cloak. Hey. Our mascot is biting the shit out of me. Uh, Why? I'm having a bad day. Can you sense that? I feel like he can sense it and he's fucking with me for that reason. Um, also, he somehow, like, you know, they're like caps on screw, like screws in furniture. Mm-hmm. He peeled the cap off of something and I don't know what. Oh. So, mm-hmm. That's a problem for another mischievous. time. Mischievous little demon. Um, okay. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> Weird He's looking good. helmet boy. He's looking good. Um, but honestly, if I were jumping off buildings from building to building, not jumping off, but from building to building, taking like Daredevil style leaps, mm-hmm. I probably would also wear a helmet along with like elbow a pads. Body suit. Yeah. <laughs> a padded bodysuit. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We don't know. Yeah. Okay. So um, many stories also mention a devil-like aspect. So like some mystical power kind of thing, partially stemming from the physical ability to leap mm-hmm. longer than most, like farther distances than we think should be possible. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> others say he was tall and thin with the appearance more of like a gentleman. So he more would like blend in. Um, and several reports mentioned that he could breathe out blue and white flames and that he wore mm-hmm. sharp metallic claws at his fingertips. Um, at least two people who claimed to come into contact with him said he was able to speak highly comprehensible English. So he maybe was a man at some point yeah. and went into this thing or was possessed by something. We don't know. So in early, some like a little bit of background of London in this time, because that was the first sighting was in London. So mm-hmm. in Early 19th century London, there were reports of ghosts that would stalk the streets. So they were human-like figures or specters that were described as being very pale. Um, And it it was believed that they stalked and preyed on lone pedestrians. And if I'm not mistaken, this is also the time of like Jack the Ripper, I believe. Yeah. Jack is just like, you're like, oh, villain? Jack. Jack. (laughs) Um. And it makes you wonder, too, like, these, like, pale beings, like, haunting, stalking, like, lone pedestrians in the middle Mm -hmm. of the night, stumbling home from the bars. Like, it could have been a serial killer. Right. Yeah. So, not, you know, like, Mm -hmm. completely rule that out. Um, So, stories told of these figures um, formed a part of a distinct ghost tradition in London, which some writers have argued actually formed the foundation of the legend of spring Jack, which came a little bit later once this was more established. Um, and just as like a quick, like additional little piece of content, the most important of these ghostly entities was actually the Hammersmith ghost, which for like time reference in 1803 and 1804 was reported in Hammersmith, which was on the Western fringes of London and later reappeared in 1824. Um, There was another apparition also became very popular called the Southampton ghost um, who was reported as assaulting individuals in the night. I don't know the nature of those assaults, but it's creepy. Um, And this Southampton ghost in particular actually bore many of similar characteristics to Springheel Jack um, reported as jumping over houses, being over 10 feet tall as a person, 10 feet tall, not yeah. houses. 10 feet tall. Right. <laughs> um, so, okay. So now let's talk about Springheel Jack. So the first alleged sightings of Springheel Jack were made in London in 1837, like I said, and the last reported sighting is said in most of the literature to have been, have been made in Liverpool in 1904. So 
70-ish years, almost yeah. 70 years. Um, according to later accounts, in October of 1837, so like none of this was really recorded at that time, but people like came back to it a little bit later. Mm-hmm. A girl by the name of Mary Stevens was walking to Lavender Hill, which is like <laughs> so um, where she was working as a servant after visiting her parents in Battersea. On her way through Clapham Common, a strange figure leapt at her from a dark alley. After immobilizing her with a tight grip of his arms, he began to kiss her face while ripping her clothes and touching her flesh with his claws, which were, according to her deposition, cold and clammy as those of a corpse. In panic, the girl screamed, good for you, making the attacker quickly flee from the scene. The commotion brought several residents who immediately launched a search for the aggressor, but he could not be found. The next day, the leaping character is said to have chosen a very different victim near Mary Stevens' home, inaugurating a method that would reappear in later reports. He jumped in the way of a passing carriage, causing the coachman to lose control, crash, and severely injure himself. Several witnesses claimed that he escaped by jumping over a 9-foot or 2.7-meter, for those on the metrics high wall while cackling with a high-pitched ringing laughter. Gradually, the news of the strange character spread, and soon the press and the public gave him the name Springheel Jack. So a few months after these first sightings, on January 9th, 1838, the Lord Mayor of London, Sir John Cowan, revealed at a public session held in the Mansion House an anonymous complaint that he had received several days earlier, which he had withheld in the hope of obtaining further information. So this is just a couple months after the attacks. The correspondent who signed the letter as a resident of Peckham wrote, Quote, it appears that some individuals of, as the writer believes, the highest ranks of life have laid a wager with a mischievous and foolhardy companion that he durst not take upon himself the task of visiting many of the villages near London in three different disguises, a ghost, a bear, and a devil. And moreover, that he will not enter a gentleman's gardens for the purpose of alarming the inmates of the house. The wager has, however, been accepted, and the unmanly villain has succeeded in depriving seven ladies of their senses, two of whom are not likely to recover, but to become burdens to their families. At one house, the man rang the bell, and on the servant coming to open door, this worse than brute stood in no less dreadful figure than a specter clad most perfectly. The consequence was that the poor girl immediately swooned and has never from that moment been in her senses." The affair has now been going on for some time, and strange to say, the papers are still silent on the subject. The writer has reason to believe that they have the whole history at their finger ends, but through interested motives are induced to remain silent, end quote. Interesting. So the Lord Mayor, who's sharing this complaint in mansion house, this public session, Um, he was very skeptical, um, but a member of the audience confirmed that, quote, servant girls about Kensington, Hammersmith, and Ealing, all neighborhoods in London, tell dreadful stories of this ghost or devil. And that complaint referenced one specific girl, but there Mm -hmm. were seven, they said. So Mm -hmm. kind of makes sense that more people would be like, oh, yeah, we know what they're talking about. The matter was reported in the Times on January 9th and other national papers on January 10th. And on the day after that, the Lord Mayor showed a crowded gathering, a pile of letters from various places in and around London complaining of similar, quote, wicked pranks. The quantity of letters that poured into the mansion house suggests that the stories were widespread in suburban London. So it's hard to say, though, like chicken or the egg. Like, was it that these things had already happened and finally it being publicized, people felt comfortable coming forward? Or was it like it's sensationalized? So now yeah. we're going to have our 15 minutes of fame right. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, one writer said several young women in Hammersmith had been frightened into dangerous fits and some severely wounded by a sort of claws the miscreant wore on his hands, which leads to these like metallic claws that allegedly he wore. Another correspondent claimed that in Stockwell, Brixton, Camberwell, and Vauxhall or Vauxhall, several people had died of fright and others had had fits. Meanwhile, another reported that the trickster had been repeatedly seen in 
Lewisum and Blackheath. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing those neighborhoods right. So the Lord Mayor himself was in of two minds about the whole thing. He thought the greatest exaggerations had been made and that it was quite impossible that the ghost performs the feats of a devil upon earth. This is a quote from him. Yeah. So, but on the other hand, someone he trusted had told him of a servant girl at Forest Hill who'd been scared into some sort of fit by a figure um, in bear's skin. So remember <laughs> the devil, uh, yeah. the ghost. There. Mm-hmm. And he was confident the person or persons involved uh, would be caught and punished. So he was kind of like, okay, I know some of this is legit. And I also think some of this is garbage. So I'm not really sure. So the police were instructed to search for the individual responsible for the bearskin situation and rewards were offered. <clears throat> a peculiar report from the Brighton Gazette, which appeared in April of that year of 38, um, which was a part of the Times, the Brighton Gazette, um, related how a gardener in Rose Hill, Sussex, had been terrified by a creature of unknown nature. The Times wrote that Springheel Jack has, it seems, found his way to the Sussex coast, even though the report bore little resemblance to other accounts of Jack. The incident occurred on April 13th, when it appeared to a gardener in the shape of a bear or some other four-footed animal. Having attracted the gardener's attention with a growl, it then climbed the garden wall and ran along it on all fours before jumping down and chasing the gardener for some time. After terrifying the gardener, the apparition scaled the wall and made its exit. So just like super weird shit. It's so weird how many people have seen this. So many. Like so beyond an urban legend at that point. It's weird. (laughs) So there are two alleged incidents that are the most widely covered in the time, like contemporary. Um, They were attacks on two teenage girls, Lucy Scales and Jane Alsop. The Jane Alsop report was widely covered by the newspapers, including a piece in the Times. There were fewer um, reports uh, in relation to the attack on scales, um, but the press coverage of these two attacks were really what like raised the profile of Spring Heel Jack as like a singular entity, kind of like haunting the city, basically. So we'll start with the sca- or we'll start with the Alsop case. So Jane Alsop reported that on the night of February 19, 1838, she answered the door of her father's house to a man claiming to be a police officer, which reminds Mm. me of Bundy. Yeah. (laughs) Didn't he do that? Didn't he Um, pretend to be a police officer a couple times? I'm sure he did. He probably was a psycho beyond beyond, everything. (laughs) Um, Okay. So he claimed to be a police officer, told her to bring a light claiming we have caught Springheel Jack here in the lane. She brought the person a candle and noticed that he wore a large cloak. The moment he handed him the can- she handed him the candle, however, he threw off the cloak and, quote, presented a most hideous and frightful appearance, end quote, vomiting blue and white flame from his mouth while his eyes resembled, quote, red balls of fire, end quote. Miss Alsop reported that he wore a large helmet, and that his clothing, which appeared to be very tight-fitting, resembled white oilskin. Without saying a word, he caught hold of her and began tearing her gown with his claws, which she was certain were of some kind of metallic substance. She screamed for help and managed to get away from him, running toward the house. He caught her on the steps and tore her neck and arms with his claws. She was rescued by one of her sisters, after which her assailant fled. So her sister heard her screaming, came to her rescue, but he had, like, fucked her up. Like, she was, like, attacked. So the Scales case, that was February 19. This is February 28 of that same year. So just a few days later, nine days later. After the attack on Miss Alsop, 18-year-old Lucy Scales and her sister were returning home after visiting their brother, a butcher who lived in a respectable part of Limehouse. Miss Scales stated in her deposition to the police that as she and her sister were passing along Green Dragon Alley, they observed a person standing in an angle of the passage, which reminded me, reading this, reminded me of that incident at school where you guys saw someone like leaning against the fence and... There had been like attacks in the parking lot. We'll get back to that. Yeah. That, oh, standing uh-huh. in an alley totally yeah. reminded me of that. Um, so they observed a person standing in the angle of the passage. 
She was walking in front of her sister at the time. And just as she came up to the person who was, of course, wearing a large cloak, he spurted a quantity of blue flame in her face, which deprived her of her sight and so alarmed her that she instantly dropped to the ground and was seized with violent fits, which continued for several hours. Her brother added that on the evening in question, he had heard the loud screams of one of his sisters moments after they had left his house, and on running up Green Dragon Alley, he found his sister Lucy on a ground on the ground in a fit, with her sister, other sister, attempting to hold and support her. She was taken home, and then he then learned from his other sister what had happened, because she saw the whole thing. She described Lucy's assailant as being of tall, thin, gentlemanly appearance, covered in a large cloak, and carrying a small lamp or bullseye lantern, similar to those used by the police. The individual did not speak, nor did he try to lay hands on them, but instead walked quickly away. So after she started seizing, he didn't attack her. He just ran or walked quickly. Every effort was made by the police to discover the author of these and similar outrages, and several persons were questioned but were set free. So, interesting. Yeah. So the Alsop attack was reported on in the Times on March 2nd of that year under the heading, The Late Outrage at Old Ford. And this was followed with an account of the trial of Thomas Milbank, who immediately after uh, the reported attack on Alsop had boasted in the Morgan's arms, which I assume is a bar or something like yeah. that, that he was Springheel Jacks. So of course, then he was arrested. <laughs> um, he was arrested and tried. Um, the arresting officer was a man named James Lee, uh, who had earlier arrested a, I guess, um, infamous murderer whose name was William Quarter, William Quarter, who was um, known as the Red Barn murderer. Milbank had been wearing white overalls and a great coat, which he dropped outside the house. And the candle he dropped was also found. So there were like there was significant evidence yeah. that this guy maybe was the guy, and also the mm-hmm. fact that he straight up said, "I'm Springfield yeah. Jack." <laughs> uh-huh. He escaped conviction only because Jane insisted her attacker had breathed fire, and Milbank admitted he could do no such thing. Most of the other accounts were written long after the date. Contemporary newspapers do not mention them. So these incidents, like skyrocketed Springheel Jack to fame, um, became one of the most popular characters of the period. Um, and his alleged exploits were reported in newspapers, became the su- subject of several penny dreadfuls and plays performed in cheap theaters that were very popular at the time. Um, the devil was even rena- renamed uh, Springheel Jack in some Punch and Judy shows, as recounted by Henry Mayhew in his London Labor and London Poor. Quote, this here is Satan. We might say the devil, but that ain't right. And gentle folks don't like such words. He is now commonly called Springheel Jack or the Russian Bear. That's since the war. So he became basically the whole point of that is like it was like pop culturally very yeah. relevant. Hmm. Um As his fame grew, though, reports of appearances became less frequent, um, but more widespread. So it spread outside of London to other parts of the UK. Um, In 1843, however, a wave of sightings swept the country again. A report from Northamptonshire described him as the very image of the devil himself with horns and eyes of flame. And in East Anglia, reports of attacks on drivers of mail coaches became common. So remember, that was one of the ways that he would he would jump out in the street, scare the carriage driver. In July 1847, a Springheel Jack investigation in Tainmouth, Devon, Tainmouth, probably Tainmouth, Mm -hmm. Devon uh, led to a Captain Finch being convicted of two charges of assault against women during which he is said to have been disguised in a skin coat, which had the appearance of Bullock's hide. Skull cap, horns, and mask. I don't know what all of those things are, but a suit, basically, yeah. like like an outfit of some right. kind. The legend was linked with the phenomenon of the devil's footprints, which appeared in <clears throat> Devon in February 1855. And I didn't know what this was. So this was a phenomenon that occurred in 1855. Mm-hmm. Um 
After heavy snowfall, trails of hoof-like marks appeared overnight in the snow, covering a total distance of some 40 to 100 miles or 60 to 160 kilometers. The footprints were so called because some religious leaders suggested that they were the tracks of Satan and made comparisons to a cloven hoof. Hmm. Many theories have been made to explain what this probably actually really was, but Mm -hmm. there was a lot of, you know, uproar right. about all yeah. of this. So the last reports of spring Jack. Um, in the beginning of the 1870s, um, Jack was reported again in several places relatively distant from each other. So in November of 1872, the News of the World reported that Peckham was in a state of commotion owing to what is known as the Peckham Ghost, a mysterious mm-hmm. figure quite alarming in appearance. The editorial pointed out that it was none other than spring Jack who terrified a past generation. Similar stories were then published in the Illustrated Police News. And then in April and May 1873, there were numerous sightings in Sheffield of the, quote, park ghost, which locals also came to identify as spring Jack. So it almost just became like, it's all spring Jack. Anything right. weird and creepy, like stalking, yeah. um, it's him. Mm-hmm. So um, some of the sort of like aftermath, I guess, um, there was a huge urban legend like and you can see that from the last reports they call them but who yeah. knows if it was really the same person or thing or whatever right but his existence and like you can see how popular he became um for contemporaries of the time so for decades especially in london his name was basically synonymous with the boogeyman yeah. um as a means of scaring children into behaving, telling them that they're not good. Spring-heeled Jack would leap up and peer at them uh, through their bedroom windows at night. Um, and, you know, fictional entertainment is where he really, like, took off because people, mm-hmm. like, scared and obviously, yeah. like, a, a controlled way. Um, but they also believe that um, – he kind of influenced like not only villain characters, but heroic characters. So like vigilante style mm-hmm. justice characters and comics yeah. later on in the 1900s. So by the early 1900s, he was already being represented as a costumed kind of altruistic Avenger of wrong. Uh-huh. So like, kind of like a Batman yeah. uh, type, protector of the innocent, etc. even though clearly mm-hmm. he just like attacked young women. Right. <laughs> yeah. So don't know about that. Mm-hmm. Um, And then the last piece I'll share is just like the paranormal conjectures. Obviously, there's a ton of like skeptical positions about this whole thing that this was like probably one guy who was like Mm -hmm. terrorizing these neighborhoods and young women, you know, just a predator and maybe had some sort of like figured out some way to like light a flame and blow chemical and make it look Mm -hmm. like he was breathing fire or whatever. Yeah. So there, of course, have been a variety of wildly speculative paranormal explanations to explain <laughs> the origin of spring Jack, including that he was an extraterrestrial entity oh. with a non-human appearance and features. For example, <laughs> retro-reflective red eyes, phosphorus breath, which we've heard, superhuman agility um, deriving from life on maybe a high-gravity world, so he'd be able oh. to jump higher in our world. Yeah. Um, And also just like general strange behavior that may come from like differences in atmosphere. Um, Also, of course, that he was a demon, which I think (laughs) is probably the most obvious. Uh Um, Either accidentally or purposefully summoned into this world by practitioners of the occult um, Mm -hmm. or who made himself manifest simply to create spiritual turmoil. But that brings you back the like – back to the first complaint that the Lord Mayor had shared in that session. Uh-huh. Like someone had like contracted this person to do these things, yeah. which makes me wonder, like, do you think that was maybe a guilty conscience? Like whoever uh-huh. wrote that was like, shit, what Oops. I do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good time. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So um, there were a couple authors, particularly Lauren Coleman and Jerome Clark, um, who list spring Jack in a category of just like phantom attackers um, with other well-known examples like Mad Gasser of Mattoon. I don't know who that is, but apparently there's a list of these like across different cultures and regions of the world. It's like 
pretty well-known attackers that kind of snowball into these like characters or identities. Mm -hmm. Typically, these phantom attackers tend to be human um, or appear to be human, I should say, and may be perceived as prosaic criminals. But many also display these extraordinary abilities. So his jumping, obviously, which Mm -hmm. would... According to like what he is reported to have done, like how he's reported to have jumped the height and distance and all of that, they would have broken the ankles of any human. Like mm-hmm. your joints wouldn't yeah. be able to would get out. Even if you had the physical like power to mm-hmm. make the jump, your body wouldn't be able to land right. um, in a way mm-hmm. that wouldn't hurt you. Interesting. Um, Victims commonly experience, this is phantom attackers generally, victims commonly experience the attack in their bedrooms, homes, or other seemingly secure enclosures. They may report being pinned or paralyzed. Obviously, like all these girls having these like fits and stuff. Like I feel like people don't just like have fits. Like you could Mm -hmm. freak out, but just like laying on the ground having, I don't know, what even is a fit? I don't know. (laughs) Right. I think sometimes they describe seizures as fits. Well, right. That's what I think of. It's like when, um, during the Salem witch trials, but most of those girls were probably faking those fits at a certain point. Right. So. So fucked up. Yeah. (laughs) So fucked up. Something like that, I guess. Yeah. So, um, uh, yeah. So many, many report being pinned or paralyzed. Others describe some sort of siege. That's the word they use in which they fought off a persistent intruder. Um, many reports can readily be explained psychologically, um, recorded in folklore and recognized by psychologists as a form of hallucination. So there's something called the old hag phenomenon, which <laughs> It's like in sleep paralysis, I guess, that you see this like old hag, which I've yeah. never seen an old hag, but I don't know, maybe like the, like my sleep paralysis demon, like is one that like I've conjured up because of pop culture, like today, mm-hmm. you know, like what I envision yeah. a demon looking like is probably very different from what right. they did then. Yeah. So there's a lot of that, but the idea is that like, spring Jack could be a true phantom attacker mm-hmm. that he's like not alive. Like he's not yeah. living. He's some right. sort of spirit um, huh. that is able to manifest in a very human way, mm-hmm. a very physical way. Um, in the most problematic cases, which spring Jack is one of them, an attack is witnessed by several people and substantiated by some physical evidence, like the scratches all over that girl, mm-hmm. um, the attacker cannot be verified to exist. So it's one of those things where it's like, okay, like, do we blame all of these victims as having made this up or like hysteria, mass hysteria or right. what the heck? So hmm. it's really, I thought it was so interesting. Like, Not very... I've never yeah. heard of that before. Yeah. It's a cool one though. I hadn't yeah, I hadn't either. Um and sorry, there's one last thing I wanted to to share. Um there was a similar figure um in Prague that was reported to have been seen in the mid 1900s, 39 to 45. Um and it was known as Perak. I don't know if I'm saying that right, but the like little sub title is the spring man of Prague. And it was a very similar vibe, like jumping over buildings and things Mm -hmm. like that. So there are lots of traits that had a lot, you know, really like resonated through, you know, across all of Europe, really beyond just the UK. Um, So yeah, very interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I don't know what to think. Like, I don't know. (laughs) I was just going to ask you. If you had a theory. I feel like my first, my gut instinct is that he was just some like psycho guy who was just Mm -hmm. like a predator. Yeah. But I don't know. Like I obviously I believe in other stuff too as like being possible. And why can't I think of all the people to potentially attract some sort of like demonic energy or power, Mm -hmm. of course it would someone evil like truly evil like that on their own Mm -hmm. so I guess that's my theory is like this is like a really probably fucked up dude who was (laughs) like hey demon Mm -hmm. help me do this bad shit I want to do invited him in Um, exactly (laughs) so or someone conjured him right 
do this. Or it was yeah. like the person who wrote in to the mayor, like maybe he was a friend of the guy and like knew he was up to some brutal shit and was like, mm-hmm. I'm going to say something. Yeah. So I don't know. It's all very interesting. Very. Yeah. Hmm. It does sound like it was just some guy sort of because he only right. attacked women. I mean, other that gardener was. Yeah, I mean, that's but true. But it they wasn't weren't a true sure attack. that that was. Yeah. And they weren't sure that it was even the same guy, you know? Right. So mm-hmm. yeah, you just chased him and like, it could have actually just been an animal. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's true. It's hard to say. Hmm. Interesting. So yeah, there's there's creepy Jack number creepy one. Creepy Jack. Back. Yeah. It's, if you see a guy like bounding over buildings, avoid. Yeah. <laughs> That's for the best. I know. Interesting. Well, okay. Next creepy Jack. Um, Let's go. Okay. So eyeless Jack. Um, this one is a little different than what we normally do <clears throat> because it's a creepy pasta which for anyone who doesn't know creepy pasta is a website where people can write in horror stories basically so i think it's acknowledged that everything on that site is fiction i'm mm-hmm. not certain about that but i'm pretty sure so Eyeless Jack is a fictional character. I don't think anyone is claiming to have actually seen Eyeless Jack in real life. Although with things like that, it can turn into sort of urban legendy territory. Just as stories spread, people start adopting it as their own, whatever. So that might have happened with Eyeless Jack, but his origin is just a story written on this website. So, um, I don't have a year, but it was originally posted by somebody with the username AZElf5000. And he, I think he wrote the story based on some art that was done by Nick TZ408. <laughs> so, the original drawing, you can probably guess since he's an eyeless creature it's like a (laughs) it's a humanoid person with just really dark eye sockets basically is what the drawing looks like sorry i'm not saying ew with not having eyes because there's nothing wrong with Mm -hmm. being bodily different it's creepy because he's fucking evil yeah (laughs) just to be clear that's why i'm saying ew (laughs) yes exactly yeah um and he yeah no eye patches he's not trying to cover it up and there's like goo in his eyes, so <laughs> that's another <laughs> added layer. Goo! <laughs> Gross. Dude. Yeah. So, okay, let's read the original post. So, it goes, Hello, my name is Mitch. I'm here to tell you guys about an experience I had. I don't know if it was paranormal or whatever stupid words people use to describe supernatural phenomena, But after that thing visited me, I believe in that paranormal trash now. (laughs) Trash. (laughs) Our entire show. How dare he? How dare he? I know. You're (laughs) trash. (laughs) You're trash, Mitch. Shut up. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Okay. Then a week after I moved in with my brother, Edwin, after my house was foreclosed, I finished unpacking. I will say some of these the way he wrote this is a little bit confusing sometimes so i might be changing some of the original language like that Hmm. sentence was odd (laughs) but anyway he finished unpacking a week after moving in with his brother edwin edwin liked the idea of me moving in since we hadn't seen each other for 10 years so i was excited too After about a week, I heard rustling noises coming from outside at about one in the morning. I thought it was a raccoon, so I ignored it and tried to fall asleep. The next morning, I told Edwin about it, and he agreed, which I assume he means he heard the same thing. Um, The next night, however, I thought I heard my window open and a loud thump as if something entered my room. I darted up looked around the room, but I saw nothing. 
The next morning, Edwin dropped his coffee cup when he saw me. He held up a nearby mirror and I saw myself. I had a large gash in my left cheek. Yeah. Oh. (laughs) Yeah. Um, After I was rushed to the hospital, excuse me, my doctor told me that I must have been sleepwalking, but then he showed me something that made my blood turn cold. He lifted up my shirt to reveal a sewn-up incision where my kidneys were. (laughs) Were? Yeah, were. I stared into his eyes, mine widening. You somehow lost your left kidney last night, my doctor told me. We don't know how, though. Sorry, Mitch. (laughs) I just think that's hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) We need to call the police. (laughs) (laughs) What? You have an incision. Uh (laughs) And that's not the last time that that appears. So I just think it's really funny. Well, that's hilarious. So sorry. nonchalant. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, well, sorry. You still got one. So. Yeah. It's okay. Good you luck. live. <laughs> um, okay. The next night was my breaking point. Around midnight, I woke up to see a truly horrifying sight. I was staring face to face with a creature with a black hoodie and dark blue mask with no nose or mouth staring down at me. The thing that scared me the most was that it had no eyes, just empty black sockets. With goo. Yeah, with goo. Yeah, here we go. Here's the goo. The creature also had some black substance dripping from its sockets. Oh, dripping? Come on. I I prefer goo to substance. So me too. <laughs> yeah, gross. Um, I grabbed a camera from the nearby oh. mantle and took a picture. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> yeah. So he wakes up, he sees this guy, yes. and he's like, "Let me take a picture." <laughs> yes. Which, yeah, I was like debating whether I should give my reactions to this up front or wait till after I read it, but. Okay. Yeah. When you read the whole story, <laughs> yeah, I can't help it's myself. goofy. Like it's just <laughs> it's silly. And like there is some weird things and I mean it's scary, the premise. Sorry, Mitch. But like <laughs> sorry, Mitch. And your first instinct to be grabbing a camera from a nearby yeah. mantle and <laughs> something's in your room. Rope punching this yeah. thing. So I don't know. We'll just go with it. Okay, he grabs the camera, uh, took a picture. Immediately after taking the shot, the creature lunged at me and tried to claw open my chest to get to my lungs. <laughs> oh! Uh-huh. <laughs> Escalated really fast. Um, I stopped it by kicking it in the face. <laughs> nice. As Quick. I ran out of my room, I grabbed my wallet. I would need the money. <laughs> I I don't know. I was sort of like giggling at this earlier, but now that I can see you, I am going to miss it. (laughs) I would need the money. Yeah, I would need the money. (laughs) Obviously, I would need the money. Um, (laughs) Okay. I ran out of my brother's house into the night. I eventually ended up in the woods near Edwin's house and tripped on a rock. I fell unconscious and woke up in the hospital. My doctor, (laughs) sorry, I need to get it together. The same one who treated me before. (laughs) Okay, I'm sorry. I'll try to keep it together. I can't get through this. Okay. You can. Okay. Okay. The doctor, the same one who treated him before, entered the room. I have good news and bad news, Mitch. My doctor started. <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> so stupid. Okay. <laughs> the good news is that you had minor injuries and your parents are going to pick you up. I sighed with relief. The bad news is that your brother has been killed by something. Sorry. <laughs> I 
fine. But your brother's dead. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and killed oh, by something. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and that's really all it says is sorry, period. <laughs> sorry. Oh my God. That cracks me up. Okay. Um, my parents took me back to Edwin's house to collect my remaining belongings. Upon entering my room, I was scared but remained calm. I grabbed my camera and then stopped. Of course. <laughs> yeah, gotta have it. Um, gotta have it. Stopped dead in my tracks. In the hallway leading to my room, I saw Edwin's body and something small laying next to it. I retrieved it and entered my parents' car, not mentioning Edwin's corpse. <laughs> I looked at the uh, thing I had picked up and nearly vomited. I was holding my stolen, half-eaten kidney with some black substance on it. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> half-eaten? Yes. So that's Eilis <sighs> Jack's motive is oh you must eat your organs yeah, gather your organs and eat them um but there is just so many like questions <laughs> because how did the doctor know that his brother was dead if the corpse was still at the house yeah and he didn't mention the corpse to his parents because do they not know <laughs> that he's dead i don't know there's, How would they not know? know. <laughs> you have to fucking know. Yeah, and no one noticed the blackened kidney next to the body. Apparently not. I guess not. I mean, I <laughs> I know this is in our usual category of stuff, and I shouldn't be making fun of it because this is like one of the all-time most popular creepypasta story yes which is why i'm kind of like shook right like i thought it would be so scary yeah maybe i found like the wrong one <laughs> maybe this is an option but um i'm pretty sure what the one i read was tagged as the original story oh my god um so maybe there are spinoff stories like using the eyeless jack character that got scarier from here from the original but i don't have any of those um okay so <laughs> that's him um and yeah i don't know even what else to say <laughs> i'm sorry i was cracking up of <laughs> that telling i hope if anyone loves eyeless jack you're not offended we're so sorry yeah <laughs> but um, Jesus. because of his eyes and because that was a little bit short, this doesn't fit with our Jack's theme. But yeah. I just have a quick black-eyed kids story. Oh, hell so yeah, bring it. So it's a little eye theme at the end. Okay, we love an eye theme. Um, and we have done episodes, maybe multiple episodes on black-eyed kids. I can't remember for sure, but um, they're basically little demons with black eyes. <laughs> Looking like kids. Yeah, yeah. Nice and creepy. Yep. So, um, okay, I'm just going to read this directly. Uh, one of the stories about black-eyed kids goes like this. In a snowy town in the middle of nowhere in Vermont, an elderly couple heard the sound of three loud knocks on their door. Oh, opened- I already don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> they opened the door and saw two children, a boy and a girl. Our parents will be here soon. May we come in? The children (laughs) did not make eye contact and just stood there in the doorway. The elderly couple were hesitant, but after a while, they let the boy and girl inside. The kids settled. Yeah, not a good idea. Um, The kids settled on the couch while the wife made some hot cocoa, and the husband asked them questions that went unanswered. The wife returned and noticed that her cat was scared and angry with the children. May we please use the restroom? (laughs) The kids said. Um, The wife looked at the kids and she finally saw them. The children's eyes were as black as a starless night. She directed them to the bathroom and returned to her husband, who was covering his face with his hand. Did you see their eyes? 
The husband then showed her his hand full of blood from a nosebleed. Whoa. Yeah. The power suddenly went out, and the house turned as dark as the kids' eyes. The wife headed to the restroom and was confronted by the voice of the kids at the end of the hall, uttering, Our parents are here. <laughs> Ew. Yeah. The kids then exited the house, leaving the door wide open. The wife then noticed that there were two men at the end of the driveway. The men were very tall and slender. The wife waved but did not receive the same friendly gesture. The two men and the children then drove away together in one car. I don't know who these men are, but... Yeah, what? Um, the power then came back on a little later after the kids left. Throughout the next week, weird things happened in the house. Three out of four cats went missing. And the Ew, no! <laughs> and the fourth had been found dead in a pool of its blood. The husband continued to have nosebleeds and finally went to the doctor where he was diagnosed with a very aggressive skin cancer. No! And that's how it ends. So... No! <laughs> I think black-eyed kids it's either like you don't survive an encounter with them or bad things happen they poison you basically yeah yeah but <laughs> i wonder if you see them but it's not just seeing them it's like inviting them in right yeah i think you I have like to. that's they're like vampires kind um, of in yeah, that way you have to invite true. them in otherwise they can't mm -hmm. invade your mind yeah that's true they're always asking to enter your car, enter your house or whatever, yeah. and all the stories. Yeah. yeah. We did a whole episode on Black Eyed Kids, by the way. So if you haven't listened and want to revisit, yeah, do that. Yeah. And I have to say <laughs> one other thing. On that story <laughs> at the bottom, they had a place for people to comment. Mm -hmm. And somebody commented... <laughs> Their oh, pupils were probably dilated because of how stressed out they were to be away from their parents. <laughs> you shouldn't exploit these kids <laughs> for <laughs> entertainment. <laughs> like, shut like, up. Yeah, I mean, that's coming from the goodness of her heart, probably, but like. Which I guess I appreciate, but like, no. shut up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Clearly hasn't heard. Yeah, it's going <laughs> right over her head. Oh my god, that's fucking funny. Yeah. <laughs> you shouldn't exploit these black eyed children. <laughs> like I think people know the difference between dilated pupils right. and fucking black eyed yeah. children. Evil, creepy kids who appear. It's also like they don't have whites in their eyes either. Right. It's not, not just the iris is yeah. black. Like it's the whole fucking thing. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. She doesn't that's get hilarious. it. Hilarious. She does not get it. Yeah. But oh god. Those are the jacks. The creepy jacks. Yeah. Wow. I feel better. Today was a Good. shitty fucking day, but you yeah. know what? That, yeah. that some creepy stories really just um, nothing nothing like a scary jack to lift your yeah, spirits. Exactly. You know? <laughs> so, and Jack we trust. And Jack we trust. Um <laughs> well, thank you for tuning in. Um you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Girls Gone Spooky and please send us your spooky stories at girlsgonespooky at gmail.com. Mm -hmm. We will talk to you next week. And yep. until then, stay spooky, mother truckers. Stay spooky. Bye. Bye.